only three quarterbacks and a couple of new names at the wide receiver position. It's a Tuesday, so that means we get into the mock draft here on TDN Daily. And welcome to the Tuesday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schubert back with you once again here on the show. And you guys know the drill. I said it in the intro. It's a Tuesday. What do we do around these parts on a Tuesday? We talk about the latest mock draft over at the Draft Network. And it is courtesy this week of Brentley Weissman. Some interesting things to get into. Only three quarterbacks. We seem to kind of be settling uh, at the quarterback position with how many guys we think are going to be going into the first round. Some new wide receiver names. A Tennessee wide receiver. A mid-major receiver. Find their way inside to the top 31. So a bunch of different storylines for us to talk talk about here on the show today but before we do that you guys know the drill got to tell you about our friends over at bet online basketball is back and bet online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season you'll always find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends at bet online and as your continued source for all of your sports wagering information bet online features live betting free contests, and giveaways all season long they're always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Just head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just make sure to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. And again, you guys know my thoughts on these mock drafts. It's always fun to see the methodology. It's a different scout every week. It's a different order every week right now as we still go are going through the regular season. So it's fun to see the different permutations when there's a different team picking in a certain spot and then the obvi- obvious nature of changing scouts every week and they're going to value players differently. They're going to value some positions differently. They're going to value some different team needs differently. So it's always fun to do this thought exercise. And the big takeaways that I had were only three quarterbacks, And just the breadth of the wide receivers that are in here. And you guys know my thoughts on this class as a whole. That this doesn't feel like a class that's going to have that Jalen Waddell, that Jamar Chase, the Devonta Smith, where you have just these top-end talent wide receivers going in the first round, where it's going to mirror more these these years where A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Debo Samuel go on day two. And that's where the real value is going to be. I will tell you, a couple of the names that I consider to be those home runs and guys that I would certainly covet on day two, they snuck in here to the back half of this mock draft for Brentley. So he's kind of stealing my thunder here a little bit, although there's one name in here that I've been riding the bandwagon for for a little bit now. But it's interesting interesting to see the evolution of this process. And so we'll talk about the three quarterbacks first. Bryce Young going number one to Houston. This certainly feels like it is trending to be not a consensus, I will say, but it just is just trending to be a very, it's a commonplace at this point. The Houston Texans are picking number one. Bryce Young makes a lot of sense from a star buzz appeal, Alabama quarterback, Heisman winning quarterback. It's got a lot of flash, can do a lot of fun things. And for a team that would be going from Davis Mills to to Bryce Young, it certainly is a upgrade. And it certainly is a trend in the right direction for them at the quarterback position. It's also a polar opposite. And I think it really gives them an identity that they can lean into. Bryce Young, Damian Pierce. And oh, by the way, the Houston Texans have another pick here. And at number nine, they're pairing him up with Quentin Johnson to continue the theme here of the show. So going into next year, Bryce Young, Quentin Johnston, Damian Pierce. Okay, now we start We start to have something that we can look at and we can build towards and we can really start to get excited about the future of the Houston Texans, especially if they get the quarterback position right there with Bryce Young. And then at number three, it's the Carolina Panthers. And they are a team that I just don't think 
We've talked about this. How long have we talked about this? I just dropped my phone. I have my phone in front of me that has all of the picks. I've dropped my phone because I need a free hand to be just emphatic about this. I'm talking with my hands out loud in an empty room here. But how long have we been talking about the Carolina Panthers needing to get a quarterback? They're going back to Baker Mayfield as their starter. They've been ping-ponging around P.J. Walker, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. Uh, they draft Matt Corral, I mean, they, but they do not invest a top-tier pick into this position. They do not invest top capital into getting the quarterback situation right. So much so that it forced them to move on from Christian McCaffrey because they're not ready to compete right now, and McCaffrey's value is probably not going to be any higher. And that's why they had to make that move. So they go into this year, and I think they need to finally get it right. They have an owner who made a move at the head coach position. They have an owner who's been getting criticized left, right, and center. There is a owner that has a willingness to make a big move, to make a big splash. And so if they do not somehow end up with a quarterback via free agency or via a trade, right? I certainly think if Lamar Jackson does become available, Carolina is going to be interested. And I don't know what Carolina could give up in order to make that happen, but you certainly think with David Tepper, the bravado of, we want to make this football team matter, and we are going to leave no stone unturned in order to do so, you certainly put the Carolina Panthers in the mix, and we know they tried to get Matt Stafford. So you always have to consider them a dark horse in any of these sweepstakes. But if they don't do that, if they end up in April, they end up in Kansas City needing a quarterback, and they pick who Brentley has them going with at number three, if the board plays out this way, I don't think they really have a choice. C.J. Stroud, quarterback of Ohio State, is the pick, and they are a team that I think is going to take a quarterback no matter what if they are picking inside the top five. I think they're going to evaluate all three quarterbacks and say, this is a premium position that we need value in. Unless they only grade, this is the only scenario I could see this, where they only grade one or two of the quarterbacks worthy of a top five evaluation, and then if not, they choose to just circle back on day two and see if they can get somebody there. But they need an answer at the position, and so I cannot fault uh, Brentley for going in that direction. The last quarterback, number seven, to the Detroit Lions. And i got to tell you, Brentley, this is the this is the team that I thought was the best in the best position to take a rookie quarterback of the infrastructure. And I talked about DeAndre Swift, and I talked about having uh, Amon Ross St. Brown and Jamison Williams and T.J. Hawkinson. That last name's kind of fallen out a little bit. And this just felt, from an offensive line perspective, they have one of the best. From a skill position group perspective, Amon Ross St. Brown, we know. We're hoping to see Jamison Williams here at some point so we can get some answers there as to what he is and really be able to put some 20, a full 2022 tape together for him in the NFL so that we can look back and see, okay, what where does he need to improve? What kind of receiver do they have here? And so, yes, they have the absolute best infrastructure for taking a quarterback and having that quarterback be set up to succeed with the with an offensive line that can protect him, with skill position players that can bail him out of jams, with a running game that is a great complement to the passing game, and also a running back who can catch the ball in the backfield DeAndre Swift. So it's perfect. You can put all those things together, and you very truly see the Lions as a potential candidate. It's got him taking Will Levis, quarterback out of Kentucky, and Will Levis has not played up to the standard that I think many of us expected him to play in 2022. Now, he's behind a bad offensive line. He's behind some freshman, young playmakers. The coaching hasn't been particularly good. The play calling hasn't been particularly good. But if you want to be considered a top seven pick, in the 2022 NFL Draft at the quarterback position, you got to transcend a little bit those problems. You have to overcome those problems and at least give me flashes, at least give me decent stretches of time in which you can showcase those skills that we all saw in 2021 when they had the, when they had the skill group that they had. And it just doesn't feel like there's, those flashes exist. There are sparkles, 
They're a little, you know, small firecrackers, if we're going to use a fireworks analogy. There's the, the, the small ones. I don't see sustained big bursts out of Will Levis here in 2022, and I love Will. I mean, Will would be my pick at the quarterback position if I was putting a big board together right now because I just love the I love the intangibles. Uh, I love the tools. I mean, I, I, there's everything you, you want in, Will, in a quarterback. Will Levis has. He's got an arm. He can make throws. He can run. He's big. He can take a hit. He can extend plays. He can do all of those things. We just don't see it consistent enough to, I, I think, warrant a top seven pick right now. And we still got the remainder of the season. We've got all of the postseason activities, whether that's the combine, the pro days, all of those things that we'll, we will see from Will Levis in order to get closer to an answer. So I look at this, and, and it really starts to feel as if there is a, a group. And it's the same group we started the season with. Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, they're going to be at the top of this board. And then somebody's going to try to make a case to be a part of that group at all. But I will say right now, if I think there are four or five different names that you could realistically say, hey, that's my QB1 because of this, this, and this. And there's, I wouldn't argue with you. Because I don't think there's a consensus. I don't think there's a clear runaway and hide with at QB1. Now, maybe somebody finishes the year like that. Maybe somebody does great in the draft circuit and takes away that title. But right now, it does not feel like that is going to be the case. We talked about wide receivers, and I mentioned Quentin Johnson when talking about the Houston Texans. A couple more that I want to talk to you uh, about. Jordan Addison, number five to the Jacksonville Jaguars. That certainly is a lot of fun, adding Jordan Addison to that offense because they got to give Trevor Lawrence no excuses next year uh, to, and in order to be the franchise quarterback, right? Here you go, Trevor. You have no reason to not be able to succeed. You got your college running back. We used a top five pick on a wide receiver here in, in this version of, of events in Brentley's latest mock draft. Okay. Take the ball and run with it. We got an offensive-minded head coach who's much better than Urban Meyer. He's scheming things up. He's being really creative. Okay, let's go. It's now your time to shine. So definitely wanted to point that one out. And then the other two that I, I want to talk about is a pick, and I'm scrolling to find the exact number of where this this happened because I just want to make sure that we get the, the team, the fit, and everything correctly here. 14 to the Green Bay Packers. See, it's tough, folks. I'm not used to Green Bay being picking this high. It's hard to describe. I scrolled past them a little bit. So the Green Bay Packers picking at number 14, wide receiver, out of the University of Tennessee, Jalen Hyatt. And this is a guy who is extremely productive. He's winning with big plays down the field. He is a fast gentleman at the wide receiver position. Dude can fly, and he is putting together a fantastic season. Now you wonder, is the offensive scheme going to be a problem? Can he transcend the scheme? Because Tennessee does some things that nobody else does. Tennessee does some things that nobody in the NFL is going to do in terms of spacing, in terms of the route combinations. It is just a different beast playing for Tennessee. But Jalen Hyatt, under the tutelage of LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers, you certainly feel like he can thrive. And you add him to Christian Watson, who just broke out, right, and had a really big game. And you can all of a sudden, Alan Lazard, we know he's a steady hand there in Green Bay. Things can potentially turn on a dime for that Green Bay Packers pass-catching group. And yeah, rookies are going to have their their bumps. Rookies are going to take their lumps. They're going to have that learning curve. But I certainly feel like Jalen Hyatt would be a fantastic fit. And this is a guy that has played well enough this season to bump himself up into round one conversation. This is probably a day two or day three, started day three running back, uh, wide receiver, excuse me. And now he's firmly probably entrenched himself as a day two uh, wide receiver with the outside opportunity, depending on the way the rest of the cycle goes, to be there uh, in the first round and maybe as high all the way up at 14. That's the way that Brentley has it going. The last receiver I want to talk about, and folks, you did not think I was going to get through. And if you're a 
Regular listener of Draft Dudes, if you're a regular listener of the TDN Daily Podcast, if you're a regular member of the TDN Premium Discord, you will know that I was not going to allow this conversation about a mock draft go without discussing Rasheed Rice making it into the first round for now the second week in a row because he was in DP's mock draft last week. And so now for two weeks in a row, the mid-major receiver, Rasheed Rice, makes this mock draft. Mid-major Chris, you know that I'm going to champion mid-major players. I love talking about them on the podcast. I love representing them uh, on the podcast and in the community. It is always a lot of fun for me to take on uh, that baton. And Rasheed Rice, one of those guys, early on in the season, I'm like, imagine not liking Rasheed Rice. Imagine not enjoying Rasheed Rice as a wide receiver. And the dude just continues to produce. And even when he's not producing, he is causing trouble for opposing defenses. He is a downfield player, has that big play ability. He's just so much fun to watch. If you have an opportunity to turn on an SMU game, you will know right away that Rasheed Rice, uh, you'll know who he is right away. It's that simple. That's how big of a, a threat he can be. And you add him, think about this, folks. You add Rasheed Rice to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I We have to, We listen, I love Rasheed Rice. Love the mid-majors. We cannot let this happen because it will be dangerous for the remainder of the AFC if Rasheed Rice ends up on the Kansas City Chiefs. We have to, at all costs, stop this from happening. And now in total, and I, I didn't do this before the show, so it'll be fun to do it in, in live time. I want to see how many receivers Brentley has going in the first round. I mentioned the three quarterbacks that he has going, and I'm just going to do a quick inventory here for you. Jordan Addison, five, to the Jacksonville Jaguars. we got Quentin Johnston. Number nine to the Houston Texans. Got to scroll a little bit more. Jalen Hyatt, who we talked about a little bit earlier. 14 to the Green Bay Packers. Jackson Smith and Jigba. 17 to the New England Patriots. And we keep scrolling. Keishon Boutte to the Baltimore Ravens at 25. And as mentioned, Rasheed Rice, uh, Kansas City Chief. So that is one, two, we're going to scroll here. Three, four, five, six. Six wide receivers in the first round for Brentley in the latest mock draft. And it feels a little rich. It certainly feels like it's it's a high of a number. We know how important the position is. We know teams are starting to covet it differently. I mean, you're starting to see uh, wide receivers go early and often. It happened last year. It's, I mean, it's happened the last couple of years. We did that podcast uh, a couple weeks back, right, where we discussed how I felt about this wide receiver class. And it's an ever-evolving conversation. I feel a little bit differently about it than I did then, but only slightly. I still think the value is going to be on day two of the draft. And I think that is where, if you're able to to get a Jalen Hyde, if you're able to get a Rasheed Rice, it's going to be incredible value. But I wonder if their play is just going to talk them so much up the board. And again, you have guys, Quentin Johnson had a slow start. Keishon Boutte hasn't had a great 2022. Jackson Smith and Jigba can't get on the field. So you have all of these things that allow a Rasheed Rice, that allow a Jalen Hyatt to get pushed up into the conversation and that we can have the conversation about whether or not they are first-round wide receivers. So you understand why the conversation is taking place. It's my favorite part of the process is names come out of nowhere. We, you know, It's kind of like you float them out there as a test. You talk about them for a little bit. You see if they back it up with their play. And then you go, okay, maybe there's something real here. And we can kind of continue to have that conversation. And I think we are having that at the wide receiver position where it's like, okay, these all these guys aren't playing particularly well, but this guy is, and should we be having this conversation about this guy in the first round? And it's always fun. This is one of my favorite parts of the job. It's why I make it a regular part of the podcast uh, every week when we can get into these mock drafts, and I can share my thoughts. Because, again, I don't come at it from a scouting lens. I mean, I watch some of these players, and I just know who I like. Uh, I let the scouts do their job, and I like to react to the team fits and the value and just the, whole, the way the whole board plays itself out. That is going to do it for the Tuesday edition of TDN Daily. Thanks, as always, to Bet Online for their continued support of the podcast. Hope everybody has a great rest of your day. I'll talk to everybody tomorrow.